Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and rolling, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Salvation. My name is Sal. I am your host, and it's good to be back doing this show. I know it's been a while since we talked about the black and gold brand when it was the black and gold brand. Tonight we have uh, an interesting one as we march towards the perfection that NXT TakeOver would become. Uh, we're, we're right on the cusp of... We're getting to, we're getting that formula down, especially in front of large audiences. Tonight, we're going to take a look at NXT TakeOver London. This was the first NXT pay-per-view or network special held outside of the United States. A good crowd at the SSE Arena in London, formerly known as Wembley Arena, uh, packed packed house and we begin with the creator the one with the pencil ladies and gentlemen i give you triple h sunday night i got my ass kicked it isn't the first time and it sure as hell won't be the last time but i'd have had him been dead if you didn't think i was coming here to be with you tonight You wanted it, so you got it. This is your brand, and now is your time. So London, England, scream with me, because we... See, this was a different time. You hear that when when Triple H said this NXT is for you? 
That's right. He gave all the fans what they wanted. A super indie under the WWE umbrella. Where we got to see all of these matchups from indie stars around the world. But with good storytelling. Unfortunately, that is not the NXT that we have today. But that's okay, because this NXT is the one that's selling out stadiums. And we begin tonight with our first of two women's matches. That's right, five matches on the card. Two of them are the women. That's amazing. That is incredible, especially for December of 2015. And because they were big deal matches, too. First one, the NXT TakeOver debut of Asuka. Tonight she takes on Evil Emma. Now, admittedly, I was a fan of Evil Emma, primarily because I'm a fan of Tennille Dashwood, but um, this would be this would be an interesting match. Now, when Asuka comes out, I will say this: the WWE slash NXT whoever has done a very nice job of building Asuka. Um, in the fans' eyes. They, they always did that in NXT, and they did it pretty well. When a new star was coming in, they would make you interested. Granted, I understand Asuka wrestled in Japan for a decade and was super successful over there. But that doesn't always immediately translate to the States. And I thought they did a good job just with presentation of Asuka when she's first coming in. She gets a nice baby face reaction. Uh, Emma enters with her, um, I don't know, her bodyguard, I guess? Dana Brooke. Yeah. This is back when Dana Brooke was trying to be everybody's Lackey? You know, she was Charlotte's lackey. She was Emma's lackey. She's kind of Reggie's lackey now. Anyway, anyway. Uh, this was a fun match. Nice little match to get Asuka going. Um, Emma did have a little bit of offense. She got a little bit of heat. Uh, but mostly this was a match to make Asuka shine. Uh, granted, they still went about 10 minutes, which... For Asuka's debut, I wouldn't even have done that. I would have went with seven or eight. Just, and I understand it's a takeover match, but uh, they—that's what they primarily started doing after this. Is they started on NXT weekly shows. Um, Asuka would just dominate somebody in like thirty seconds. She's a killer, and thus should be treated as such. Now there is a point in this match, however. Where Asuka's undefeated streak almost doesn't happen. We're very, very close to it never being a thing. When um, 
Dana Brooke. Well, first of all, the referee gets knocked out. So then Dana Brooke interferes and almost costs Asuka the match, but luckily uh, she doesn't. And after a little bit of a back and forth on the finish, uh, Asuka locks in the Asuka lock right in the middle of the ring. Emma taps out. Boom, boom, boom. Asuka gets that first takeover win. Good showing. Decent match. Like I said, they went about 10 minutes. Uh, and the crowd was super into it. Now, obviously, they're in London. They don't go to London very often, so the crowd's going to be into it. But I thought she got a nice reaction. Speaking of a nice reaction... Oh, man, I can't believe how red-hot these people are right now. In this timeline, I mean. Match number two, it is the NXT Tag Team Championship. Tonight it will be defended by Dash and Dawson. Don't call them the Revival. They're not there yet. Okay, their nameplate says Dash and Dawson. And their pre-match graphic says champions Dash and Dawson. So they are just Dash and Dawson right now. They're newest challengers. They're (laughs) insanely popular challengers. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) returning to take over Salvation, Enzo Amore, Big Cass, and a new addition to the click, Carmella. And she's hot as hell. Enzo does his usual stick. Crowd sings along. Makes perfect sense. Everybody loves the end zone gas stick. Dash and Dawson come out. And they're just... They're being portrayed as the greatest tag team that ever lived. They're a throwback to the days of the Brain Busters and the Midnight Express. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit thick, even back then. Like, they just laid on a little bit too thick for me, personally. Uh, now, this match... <laughs> definitely wasn't one of the greatest tag team matches in the history of NXT. It was fine. It was... It was kind of your typical revival match. They get a ton of heat on, of course, Enzo. Uh, Big Cass gets the hot tag, cleans house, and then Enzo and Cass almost win with the rocket launcher. Uh, but Dash breaks up the, uh, the pin, and the revival hit a shatter machine out of nowhere, and that's it. For Enzo and Big Cass. Now, I remember back when this was live, I was kind of disappointed. I really wanted Enzo and Cass to win the NXT Tag Titles. Rewatching that now, probably a better idea that they didn't give them the Tag Titles. I understand that Enzo and Cass were red hot. I just said that. But, yeah, their in-ring is not really... It's not up to par what the NXT standards would become. 
in the next few months, especially in the tag team division. Um, or even currently, I mean, you know, you think back to the Lucha Dragons or the Vaudevillains, like, there, there were some really good American Alpha, like, there were some really good tag team matches in NXT. And there were some really good tag teams in NXT. Uh, and Enzo and Cass were over AF as fuck. But, uh, eh. And that's alright. I don't, I, I, it, looking back at it now, they didn't really need the titles. They were still gonna be over the next week on NXT. Uh, that being said, we move on to match number three. NXT's, uh, newest sensation, Apollo Crews versus NXT's former newest sensation, Baron Corbin. Now, this is interesting because let's start with Apollo Crews, okay? Amazingly talented dude. Had a little bit of a following on the indies after he got signed. Uh, or I'm sorry, leading to his signing in NXT. And unlike many of his colleagues, uh, he's still with the company today. Okay. Former Intercontinental Champion, former United States Champion. Um, but it took a long time for Apollo to get there, to find his character in, in WWE. Also, he's been the victim of a lot of bad booking over the years. And, I mean, I remember a SummerSlam program with Miz that just had no heat. And, like, nobody cared about it whatsoever. It was bad. Uh, but back in 2015, uh, he was the latest signing, like I said. You could, you could kind of say he was a blue chip prospect coming up through NXT. Same with his opponent. You know, a few months prior to this, Baron Corbin was a big deal. He was beating people so quick that they would count down from the time the bell rang to see if he could beat him in like 10 or 20 seconds. Um, and then he kind of did nothing for a little bit, and then he turned heel. And I think he might have actually turned heel just for this feud. But at this point, <laughs> say what you will about the characters that he's been forced to play on Raw and SmackDown over the years. Uh, but uh, Corbin is another guy. Despite all the cuts and all the releases, he's still with the company. So there's something to be said there. Um, I gotta be honest with you though, the whole lone wolf stringy hair thing feels like if booked correctly, it's a better heel character than whatever the fuck he's done on the main roster for six years. Like, like we had dumbass Baron Corbin who lost his money in the bank shot. We had Bertucci's waiter, Baron Corbin, or I'm sorry, Friday's manager, Baron Corbin. Um, we even had Hobo, Baron Corbin, and now we have, I don't know what the fuck is he, uh, party planner, Baron Corbin? I don't know what happy Corbin is. He upsets me. Uh, <laughs> but... 
you know, of all those characters, I think, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I prefer stringy-haired biker Baron Corbin. Could have been like the next Terry Gordy, you know? A big fucking bruising dude. <sighs> Whatever. I'm not going to sit here and try to figure out what went wrong with Baron Corbin. But anyway, like I said, still has a job. Still on TV every week. Uh, okay. So, at one point during this match, Corbin backdrops Cruz over the top rope into the outside. And Cruz lands face first on the stairs. Now, I'm assuming it was a sell job. But I'll give Cruz all the credit in the world because that looked like it fucking hurt. Uh, let's see. Corbin leans through the ropes. He talks shit to Cruz. And we get a nice close-up of his midsection. Guys, I completely forgot that frowny face belly Corbin was a thing. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. His sad belly. Uh, throughout the match, Corbin gets some good character heat on Cruz. And what I mean by character heat is he spends more time yelling at the fans versus doing actual moves. Uh, however, at one point, he does make a sloppy mistake. And because of that, the crowd chants, Botcha Mania. Luckily for Baron Corbin, Cruz does some flips and the crowd slightly gets back into the match. Uh, as we get to the finish, Corbin goes for the end of days, but Apollo escapes and hits a standing in Zagari. Cruz follows up with a standing moonsault and gets a two count. Cruz then goes for the running atomic bomb. Well, the running atomic drop, and then he spins around and hits a sit-down powerbomb. Uh, but Corbin blocks it by holding onto the rope. And then Corbin slips out the back door. Apollo turns around, and Corbin hits him with the end of days. One, two, three. So much for that... Uh... <laughs> That rookie who's shooting through the ranks in NXT right to the top. <laughs> Heel wins clean. Gotta say, kind of the story of Apollo's babyface career in the WWE. <laughs> I don't know. I remember at the time being a little bit surprised. <laughs> Thought he was the next big thing. Loses in his like second takeover, but whatever. What can you do? After that, we do get a nice little hype package for the return of Sami Zayn coming next week to NXT television. Sami, unfortunately, still in NXT in the end of 2015. Why? Well, ironically enough, he did get called up in May in his hometown in Montreal and was introduced by Bret Hart. All of that sounds like just a picture-perfect debut for Sami Zayn. Except he was so excited that he launched his arms up in the air and tore something in his shoulder and was out for the next seven months. Whoops. Still wrestled a hell of a fucking match with John Cena that night, though. I mean, you could argue he was going on adrenaline. But nevertheless. Um... Sammy is back in NXT next week. 
I wonder if he'll face anyone at the next takeover in my timeline. Hmm. Uh, let's go backstage so Greg Hamilton can interview uh, Nia Jax. I forgot. This was the look at my eyeballs era in NXT when she first got put on TV. I'm so glad she got put on TV. Uh, Nia Jax starts cutting the most rehearsed promo I've ever heard until Asuka shows up in the shot. Asuka doesn't say a word, but they have a stare down. Asuka leaves. Nothing happens. But it's a good little teaser. That's going to bring us to match number four. Now, match number four, NXT Women's Championship. Your champion, you know, the girl who single-handedly made the entire NXT universe fall in love with her as this as this plucky underdog uh, long, long before she was a Karen. Your NXT Women's Champion, the one who put, who helped put women's wrestling on the map, Bailey, in her first post-Sasha feud. So that's the thing. Anybody Bailey worked with to this point um, in the past year in NXT was like super talented. Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, and now Bailey is the champ, and she's got to try to make Nia Jax look good. Oh, God, I don't envy her. When Bailey comes out, we get the super waving inflatable Bailey Buddies entrance. Remember? Remember the Bailey Buddies? Remember when Bailey murdered them? Good times. Match gets underway and we get my favorite Bailey chant from the UK crowd. The one where they want to know, oh, oh, do you take anal? Wait, no, sorry. Will you be my girl? Love that shit. Good fucking stuff. And they were loud for this match. Um, now at this point in time, the NXT women's division was putting on some seriously good matches. Uh, not just Sasha and Bailey, but there was a lot. Even earlier, Emma and Asuka was good. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, a 20 minute classic or anything like that. It was just supposed to be designed to get Asuka over, and it, it was fine. That's exactly what it did. She got the win. I thought it worked fine. Um, but <laughs> this match, this match fell a little short. See, it wasn't terrible. There was no botches. Naya didn't almost cripple Bailey, so there's that. But what we got was a very paint by numbers David versus Goliath match. Uh, Naya fats her way around. Sorry, but that's what she does. In the, especially in this match, destroys Bailey the whole time. We got, I'm not kidding you, four Samoan drops, three running leg drops, ton of heat on Bailey. They sprinkle in some false hope spots for Bailey uh, to come back, but then ultimately fail. Not ultimately, excuse me, but then fail, and then you know 
Beat down, beat down. Comes back again. Bailey locks Naya in a guillotine choke. Oh, where did that come from, right? Naya pows out the first time, but eventually Bailey is able to lock it in again. Center of the ring. And after what seems like forever, and it was actually about two fucking minutes, which is a lot for a finish, Naya taps out. Finally. <laughs> uh, you never usually see that. Typically, they either tap out within 10 or 15 seconds, or they pass out. But no, Bailey forced Naya to tap out. Good honor. Big pop for Bailey winning. Uh, and I thought she's always played the underdog role well. Now, in the present day, in 2021, Bailey may be returning soon. And there's been some talk if she returns as a face or a heel. Um, I'm not sure, but I will say that there is no way, there is absolutely no way that she can go back to underdog ponytail. Bailey, because I don't think it will work. Not after all the uh, twists and turns her heel character took. Uh, I don't think you can go backwards. And now I'm not saying that Bailey can't be a face. She absolutely can be a face. It just has to be an evolved version. So we'll see from now till then. Uh, after that, after the match, we get a preview for next week's NXT. Uh, this is where I, st- this is where I meant that they're starting to get the formula down. Five matches at a takeover. They'll record three or four beforehand. They'll put those matches on next week's NXT show. Makes perfect sense. It's like their own version of Dark before Dark was a thing. And by the way, those matches that were on prior, they weren't necessarily bad. Every now and then you would get a squash match. But some of the matches were really competitive and they were just, you know, guys that were just shy of that five-match format. That doesn't mean that they're not still good wrestlers. I've seen a lot of good wrestling happen um, in those feuds that are uh, not featured at TakeOver. But, you know, they hype up what's coming on next week. And (laughs) that means that it's time for the main event. Tonight's main event is your super over ultra baby face champion, Finn Balor. Uh, I would argue at this point in NXT is more popular than Neville was and more... Adored than Sammy. I know, I know, that's that's ludicrous. Who was not a bad rapper? But, um, no, I, I truly believe that Finn was was white hot and with the fans. Uh, so much so that everybody does the arm thing when he comes out. Speaking of when he comes out, so, <laughs> a little bit of interesting situation, because at this point in Finn Balor's career... We are getting the demon every takeover. It was a surprise the first time he did it, and then ever since then, 
every NXT special we have gotten the demon. Maybe a slightly different version of him. Whatever. So tonight, Finn's entrance seems a little misguided. We do indeed get the demon. But then it turns into a silhouette of Jack the Ripper. We even get a woman shrieking in the entrance. Now, I understand that Jack the Ripper is part of London lore. But maybe don't pick someone who mutilated a dozen women. Just saying. Especially when this whole entrance, this whole persona is supposed to be, you know, the sadistic side of Finn Balor. Yes, so sadistic, so demonic that we start this match with a collar and elbow tie-up. And then a couple of arm ringers. Oh, look out. Look out for the sadisticness. <laughs> guys, I look, I'm a fan of Finn Balor just like you guys are. I'm just a little bit unimpressed with the continuity. He's supposed to be a super aggressive version of himself as the demon. After coming out emulating a serial killer, he then begins the match with Joe, who, by the way, in the promo package, said he was going to rip his head off, and Finn was wicked pissed because Joe threw away a 10-year friendship. So we had the build, but we start with basic... Wrestling holds. Okay, I just... I know, we've talked about it, but I'm just, you know. Uh, other than that, look, the match was fine. Okay? It was hard-hitting. Um, Joe does a great job of getting heat. I think it picked up... Because they went, they went 18 minutes, all right? So the beginning was a little boring. I think it picked up towards the end exactly where it needed to pick up. Uh, but what I didn't understand is that after a little finisher back and forth, Finn hits the coup de grace. Okay? Pins Joe. Phenomenal. Finn Balor has conquered Samoa Joe. We get about five minutes of Finn celebrating. Not kidding. And then we eventually see, de- see down the aisle that Joe is being helped to the back. By the refs, but he's bleeding from his mouth and he's giving those psycho Samoa Joe eyes. I mean, <laughs> and then we cut back to Finn and then we come back to Crazy Eye Joe. Back to Finn, back to Crazy Eye Joe, back to Finn, back to Crazy Eye Joe. What, what are they trying to kill time? Do they have to be on network special for X amount of time? I don't. I don't understand it. It was, it was weird. I'm not kidding you guys. You can go back and check it out if you want. The pinfall happened at two minutes and, I mean, sorry, two hours and two minutes. Uh, and then the show did not close until 207, but nothing happened during that other than they kept going back and forth between Joe and Finn so that you kind of 
I guess they, you know, wanted you to know right away that there's going to be a rematch and this was going to be a feud, not a one-off. I got that. All you had to do was show Joe once. (laughs) And it would have sent the message. Okay. So. NXT TakeOver London. Definitely not my favorite of 2015. I believe that was TakeOver Brooklyn for me. Um, the, the event was solid. It was like a B. There was nothing really wrong with it. Nia Jax, there's a lot of things wrong with her. Uh, but Bailey did her best. That's all you can ask for. And, um, the tag match was fun, even though not as good as previous tag matches I'd seen with Dash and Dawson. Um, and then, yeah, the, the middle, you know, Corbin versus Apollo Crews was kind of lacking. So this match lived and died on the main event. I had fun watching Enzo come out. Um, I mean, you know, I love the vignette for Sami Zayn. But, uh, and, and obviously the debut, uh, the takeover debut of Oscar. Great, great stuff. But as far as Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, it was a B, you know? It just, there's been so many takeovers, especially coming up, that I walk away with that was the match of the year. And this just didn't have it. Like I said, there's nothing wrong. But I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Next time that I join you for TakeOver Salvation, you'll kind of get an idea of what I mean. Because next time, we're going to Dallas. That's right, folks. On the 10th episode of TakeOver Salvation. It is the night before WrestleMania 32. Trust me, you'll enjoy it. But until then, take care, and I'll see you guys next time. Threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit RundownWrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the salzer effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.